Hallelujah. Y'all go ahead and come on and make your way in here. We're going to get ready to have some church this morning. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Come on. Y'all come on in the door. We got some great things going on this morning. Jesus.
Come on, give him a little bit more praise this morning. Can we just a little bit more praise this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, I come to praise this morning. I came to praise this morning. <laughs> Y'all go ahead and be seated for a few minutes at least. Hallelujah. Whoo, Jesus. My voice already getting scratchy. We on the first song. Come on, come on. Listen, man, I've done screamed at football games and basketball games and lost my voice. And I, I lose my voice for Jesus every week and don't care. Come on. Can you imagine walking into work Monday? Hey, how y'all doing? Man, what happened to you? Man, we was praising. You was what? We was worshiping and praising Jesus. Can you imagine what they would look at you like, what is wrong with them? Then you're like, you don't sing to Jesus? I do. All right, just saying. All right, grab your bulletin. There's a couple things I wanted to show you in there. I put this neat little thing in there. It says, faith is like Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi. 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 It is invisible. But it has the power to connect you to what you need. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith. It's the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It is our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors and sets them above the crowd. You know, I learned that scripture, Hebrews 11, 1, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. But when you read it in that translation, it starts to mean a little bit more. The fundamental fact of existence is that it is trust in God. This faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life, makes my life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors and sets them above the crowd. I love it, man. I love it. Faith. You've got to live by faith even more in this hour than, than you did last week, and especially two years ago. So 2020 changed some things, but hopefully it, it taught us how to live by faith. Amen. So, hey, right below that, we still got our serve team opportunity. And look, we have made it so easy for you. So easy for you that right out there on the back is a sign-up sheet. It's as simple as this. You put your name. And right out next to it, we've got ushers and greeters, cleaning, media and sound, group one and group two. You write your name, and you circle where you're willing to serve. And you know what? Like some of the guys have a Bible study that afternoon, so they're not going to be able to be at the 4 o'clock. So they're going to serve during the, the first group. And some of us are going to Bentley. We can't serve in the second group, so we're going to serve in the first group. But maybe you can only serve in the second group because you want to go home and eat lunch and take a nap first. So you can be nice and refreshed when you come back and greet people. All you got to do is fill it out. And if the first page is full, there's a second one. And if you don't have a pen, there's some laying there. And if somebody steals them, there's a whole case back there. I'm just trying to take away your excuses on saying, I can't serve. All you got to do is open a door for somebody to walk in. And make sure the room is nice and tidy in between the two services. That's it. You ain't even got to play the piano. Somebody else, thank God, is going to be playing the piano that day. Because I don't want to be playing it either that day. So we've got all of that set up for you. If you look down also on, uh, on the next side, don't forget, we leave here at 4 o'clock on Sunday to go to Bentley for revival services. Guys, we had 11, visit well, we had 11 people in the building last week. 
not including us. There was four the first week we got there. It was 11. God's already doing stuff. And, and we were praying for the people at the altar, and, and it was just so amazing. And it was this one lady. She was a little up in age. And we're praying, and all of a sudden, I heard ka-thunk. And I look, I said, oh, Jesus, I hope she's still alive. And I'm praying because that was a hard thump on that hard floor. And I saw her chest moving. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus, next. <laughs> I, you know, come on. Sometimes as a preacher, man, you got we're going to be raising the dead today, or are we praying for people? But God's been moving. You need, just come and experience it with us. Just come and have fun. But here's the other thing. If you look down below there, there's a lot of things going on. Like today, okay, so today we have a special guest. And at, while I was at, at district council, or our yearly, we call it lead conference now, um, Chad got up to speak. They're missionaries, and I'm going to let them do all their introductions. But uh, Chad got up to speak, and, and God said, he's got something that he needs to say to this church. You need to have him come to the church. I said, okay. So I said, hey, Chad, uh, God said you have something to say. You need to come to church. So where's your calendar? Where are we going to be going this and this? I said, when, when can you come, man? Well, it'd be kind of quick notice, but Sunday. Okay. Because today they're going to drive back to Odessa, Texas. So this is the last opportunity for them being around here anyway. So I'm like, okay. So we've got them speaking today, but Wednesday, we, this would be our first Wednesday worship. But we're going to do a shortened first Wednesday worship and gonna have a special guest that's also a missionary. But I can't say anything about this person whatsoever because of the area they're in. The live stream will cut off after worship, so we'll fulfill that. And there won't be any recordings of this person. It won't be any publicly mentioned name, Facebook posts, anything. Because of the area that they're in, we can't do that. Okay, so Wednesday come. Because they're going to they're gonna share some stuff with us as well. Uh, the 30th, we've got family day. And there's going to be a blood drive. So as soon as they send me the sheet, we can sign up so we can, you know, uh, have people that want to go do some, some blood. Uh, hey, throw up that Susan Richardson thing. Mm-hmm. Women, we've got on June the 5th, we've got a women's service. And then Sunday morning, Susan is going to stay, and she's going to preach for us here, uh, for everybody. And then she's even going to travel with us Sunday night to go up to the revival service. And, and she's awesome. She's awesome. She flows in the gifts, op- operates very prophetically, known her for a long time. And, you know, one of the things I find just so interesting about her is that Susan will always tell you, I'm just a housewife from Onalaska, Texas. I'm just a housewife from Onalaska, Texas. That's what we always say. She's been doing ministry, traveling the world for a long time, but she's still just a housewife. Yeah, whatever. So uh, we've got that coming up. And don't forget, Open Heavens is coming up as well, up in June 24th. We're going to travel to Beaumont. Uh, We'll leave on Thursday, and we'll come back Saturday during the day. There is a sheet out there for that. All I need is your name and how many are going to go with you, okay? Because you rent your hotel room, we'll drive the bus, and the registration is free. So all I need to know is how many are going to come with us to make sure we have enough room on the bus. So we're going to leave here Thursday at about noon, and we'll come back after the morning service on Saturday because that's all they have. But they have many different speakers. We'll have more information on the screens. There's some of it. Uh, Paul and Kim Owens is going to be there. Josh Fowler. Uh, there's actually another person that has been added to that list. I've got to change the graphic. But then after that, I've actually scheduled amends. Paul Bradford is going to come in and do amends group. And then he's going to come do Sunday morning with us. So, hey, we're getting back into the swing of things, guys. It's time. It is time. It is time to get back into some ministry. And, and start loving on people and seeing some people set free. And, you know, let's continue to, to reach into our community. Uh, so, hey, I want us to shift gears a little bit. We're going to do some, uh, 
worship in our giving this morning. I was just looking at my guys back there. Man, I always love that we got the, the young guys willing to serve, you know, and uh, they're willing to take your money. And, uh, well, you know, they're good at it because, Daddy, give me money. Give me money, you know. So they're good at it. No, we're just training them up, and uh, I love it. So let's pray this morning, and we're going to receive our offering. Amen. Father, we thank you that we get to give in this place. Lord, we get to bless you. And, Lord, I thank you that you have made a way for us to be able to bless you. Lord, we, we are obedient, and we bring our tithes to you, and we also want to bring an offering, God. Lord, you have taken care of us so much, and we just want to give back to you. So today, receive these tithes and these offerings, and, and Lord, just use them around the world. But like I always ask, use them right here in this area as well. So we may reach those that are hungry and help those that are in need and share the gospel of those that do not know Jesus. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. If you agree, shout amen with me this morning. Amen. amen. Young guys are going to come serve this morning. Hey, so while they're doing that, i got to grab my phone. I had a video, but I totally have no idea what I did with the video. Uh, and so... There's this app called Realm. So if you got your smartphone, I want you to grab your smartphone this morning. Grab your smartphone and go to your app, app search, or, you know, where you get all your apps. If you're on Apple, you know, you go to the app store. If you're on Google, you go to the Play Store. And just type Realm Connect, R-E-A-L-M. Just type Realm, and you'll probably see it pop up. It's a little app called Realm Connect. And what that app is, is it's an app links in with the uh, system that we use here for all of our online giving and everything else. You see Realm and you just get it. Now, here's the thing. To protect your data, we have to invite you to actually be able to connect into this. So if you have never logged into Realm online to do your online giving or look at your profiles, you don't have a way to get in. But if you have, it's the same username and password, okay? So what you're going to have to do is if you've never logged into Realm, you're just going to have to let me know, it, uh, and I'll send you an invitation to your email address, and you click on that. That way, not just everybody online can get into it, right? And even then, they can't see your data, but it's just part of the protection system they've set up. Now, here's what's cool about Realm, just Realm Connect. You'll see that in there. Is say we have an event coming up, and we need stuff, right? Like, say we're going to need so many Dr. Peppers, and you know how people drink Dr. Pepper around here. And we're going to need chips and all that. We can put that in there and say how much of that stuff we need. So you go over to the app and say, yeah, I'm going to that event. And it says, oh, well, which ones can you bring? Well, I'm going to bring one Coke. Well, if we need two Cokes and two people say two Cokes, then it no longer shows there's a need. So now we're not buying 30 Cokes that are going to sit in the back and go to waste. And we can tell you specifically what we need. And we can also send messages through there. And as you connect up with different groups and things in the church, your groups can chat right there. And so, you know, you can send a message to, to, the, uh, to me. You can send a message to, to Dufour over there, you know. And, and so, yeah, it's, it, all of our events are there. And if you're serving like the ushers and greeters, you can see your calendar when you're, you know, when you're signed up to serve. And so it, it's a great tool that it doesn't cost us any more money. It's just they've added some great features. See, like the one I'm looking at now under events is I'm looking at the women's service. Am I going to go or not? Oh, and it says one person's already going. So it shows you how many people are going, but it don't show you who they are. So just wanted to, to give that to you. I know it's going to take a little bit of time to get everybody signed up into it, you know. Um, but I want to start you. If you've got a smartphone, here's the other thing. 
uh, I was thinking of, uh, who was it, Sister Rosalie the other day, talking about getting online, right? Through that app, I put the link for the service, and it says, do you want to watch it? Yeah. It automatically brings you to the live stream right through the event calendar, and you're like, oh, yeah, I wanted to watch it. Click. It automatically brings you to it. And so you'll be able to do that just one click. You don't have to go on the Internet. You don't have to do any of that. It's all right there. And so it's a simple tool. So it's just called Realm Connect. There's Realm Shepherd, which is for the pastors that I can get in, and I can see your phone number so I can call you if I need to, stuff like that. So just another tool that we can, we can utilize. Amen? Whew. Okay, that's way too much talking. Chad, I, I hate announcements. I really do. Y'all ready to do some more worship, though? I, I definitely want to do some more of that. Hallelujah. Got to make sure my piano's on. You know, we, we, we left our keyboard up at the other church, and Sue is, is letting me borrow this Roland, but it powers off after a while. <laughs> and so I got to make sure that it turns on, because I'll be up there like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and then one week I'm sitting here playing, and I don't know how I hit the knobs way up here on the top. Like, it all of a sudden started playing something earlier, and I had to stop it and reboot it. But <laughs> and, and we ended the song. I'm like, oh, let's just stay there. And I was like, Sue, that's a cool, that's a cool effect, man. Remember that one? Because I have this other mic that just talks to us up here. And she's just looking at me, and I'm like, well, that's me. How did I get there? And so, listen, I know how to press those buttons, and that's all I need to know on this thing. Hallelujah. So, come on. Can we pray this morning and, and just... You know, y'all know I like to have fun, but you know what? I, I want to seriously get into the presence of God this morning. You know, I love visiting with you guys, but I didn't come here just to do that. I come here to be with him. And as, as awesome as Chad and, you know, his wife is, I, I just, I really want to meet with Jesus this morning. Father, we just thank you. You're so amazing, Lord. And we just pray that your presence would saturate us in this place. Saturate us today. Lord, don't let us leave here the way we came. And Lord, we are asking for your presence in this service, Lord, not just for us, but for those that are here today that may be going through some things, and they, they need a special touch from you, Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the miracles that, that are going to happen in this place today. And we just come to give you worship and praise in Jesus' name. Come on, shout an amen with me this morning.
Listen, if you're visiting with us this morning, we're kind of like this all the time. Uh, I don't know how people go to church and, and sit there quietly. Um, I just know this much, that when one day when I get to heaven, hopefully it's a long time away unless Jesus comes back, but um, there's going to be a point where we're just going to sit there and worship and worship and worship and worship, and, worship and, and I don't care how long it takes. <laughs> I don't care how long it takes. And, and you know what? You know the good part about being when we do get to heaven and do that? We'll have those glorified bodies, and our voice won't wear out. And I'll be able to sing in perfect pitch all the time instead of when I totally get off key. Uh, but hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, you ready?
That's your prayer this morning. It is mine. Jesus.
we thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're so worthy. Jesus, we worship you. You're so awesome, God. You're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Come on, let's sing that line again. Sing that verse. I'm sorry 
some love this morning. Come on, worship him. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, y'all can do better now. Come on. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, before y'all sit down, I want to I wanna spend a few minutes and, and pray. We have some people that, that have some needs this morning. And I know... Sister Janine lost her father, and the funeral's going to be tomorrow. And Where's he at back there? Brother Larry told me he lost his aunt. And, you know, so, you know what? This is those moments where we need the Holy Spirit. We know he's our comforter. And you know what? Spiritually, I know the Lord is comforting them. But this is where the Holy Spirit, this is what she needs from the Holy Spirit right now. Just to stand with her and say, hey, I got this. As Pastor Woody used to tell us, you know, there's another gift of the spirit and it's called the gift of presence. You don't have to have the answers for them. But all they need to do is know that you're standing with them. Amen. So come on. So we're going to pray for them this morning. Father, we we speak right now to to Janine and her family and we pray for for Larry and his family. Lord, they both have a loss. And Lord, we know you are the God that comforts them. 
And Lord, I thank you that you have put people in their path that will comfort them, come alongside them. Don't even need answers, but just to show them that we love you and we're here for you and that we know God will make a way. And you will get through this. This season of loss and remorse. Father, I thank you that your presence will be more with them now than than they probably notice. And I thank you, Lord, that you are with them. And Lord, I know there are some that need a healing. We've continued to pray for a healing. And Lord, I thank you that they are being healed by your grace, by your mercy and by your name. Lord, I speak to nerves and I command them to to come back to life. Pinched nerves be just be completely unpinched and straight function again. No pain of any kind. I, I release that right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I know we have some that have some some knee issues as well. And Father, I speak to their knees and I say, come to life. I speak death to the things that are trying to eat their knees from the inside out. You arthritis, I command you to die right now in the name of Jesus. Fluid flow, bone be reconstructed, whatever has to happen. God, you created us. You know exactly. And I thank you that it is being done right now in Jesus name. Come on, give a shout of praise with me this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, where's our children? Y'all go ahead and be seated for a few minutes. Where's our kiddos at this morning? They're going to run to the back. Hallelujah. Y'all don't laugh at me too much when I hit those bad notes. Sometimes I just get off in worship and I stay on the D too long and don't change to the A. I did that a couple times today, honestly. Y'all probably heard it, but that's okay. I'll just tell you, I was trying to love on Jesus. It gets kind of interesting sometimes. So, well, listen, it is nice to have our, our new friends here. From, it starts with a W. I keep forgetting where it is. Where are y'all going back to? Walla, Walla, Malawi. I keep saying W. Malawi. You know, I really got to get a map. Because, you know, I know it's in Africa, and I know I looked it up one time, but I'm like, I really have no clue. And I know he was telling us the other day, and I'm like, I really have, you know, I'm like, I wonder where that is, man. What is that noise? Oh. Hey, check check the uh, headsets, the buses. I think this may be in one of the buses too loud because I'm hearing it come back from there. So, but guys, I want you all to come and just share the love of Christ. And, and listen, flow in what God has spoken to you all. Right, Jasmine, flow in what God has spoken to you. Because the only restriction I have on you is that it's biblical. Yeah. And, and if God has spoken something to you, we want it. We want it. And don't don't leave here saying I didn't get it all out. So come, y'all come up here and, and bless them and speak to them. And we have two mics if y'all need it. And they'll take care of you. Amen. And thank you so much. It is such an honor to be with you guys this morning and to get to share what God has been doing in the world. Amen. He is still at work amongst us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to be here this morning. We love your pastors. We just met them, and they are incredible, incredible people. Hallelujah. Do you all agree? <laughs> I am so thankful for pastors that love the Lord, that are, that are um, intentional about being led by the Spirit of the living God, and that is evident in your pastors. That's not... Um, something that you see all the time. So praise God that you guys have a pastor that is led by the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. 
We are Chad and Jamie Elder. We are missionaries to Africa. We've been serving in Tanzania for the past nine years. God called us there to work with a Muslim people group. There it was 99% Muslim, and God was um, able to um, allow us to work there amongst them, sharing our faith openly with them. We proclaim Jesus, hallelujah, that he is the risen son of God, that he came to die for them, hallelujah. And so um, the Lord allowed us to open up an English center for adults. This was a place where we were able to build relationships and start conversations about the Lord. It was incredible. In about five years' time, we saw over 8,000 students come through that center. It was incredible the access that God gave us to people. As they discovered more about who Jesus is, they began asking more and more questions about our faith and discovering from themselves that many began asking for Bibles in their language so they could discover truth for themselves, which is a miracle of the Holy Spirit. So we praise God for that. As they read truth, I, th I thank the Lord that their hearts were illuminated with truth and they began to see Jesus clearly, that he is more than a prophet. He is more than just a good man, but he is the son of the living God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thank the Lord for what he's doing in the hearts of people. I was reminded this morning as we were singing that there is not one person too far removed from the hand of God. I don't know about you, but I have some difficult people in my life. And there are some days that it's hard to believe that they could come to Jesus. And this morning, I'm reminded of that as I think about my Muslim brothers and sisters that have yet to come to faith, that they are not too far removed from the hand of God. That the same blood that flowed on that cross for me and for my redemption and salvation flows for them. So this morning, I pray that hope would arise in your hearts as you think about those people that you love desperately that have yet to see him and receive him. Their day is coming, and it is coming soon. That that same power that resurrected you can resurrect them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to share with you this morning a quick testimony about one of my dear friends. Her name is Z. Z is a girl in her mid-twenties, and she is from the islands of Zanzibar. Zanzibar is made up of two different islands. There's the main island of Nguja, which is where we lived and served, but there was also a northern island called Pimba. Now, as you can imagine, with Islam, it's very, very dark. There's a lot of demonic witchcraft, all kinds of stuff you encounter. Whenever we think about Pimba, think about the darkness being even greater. People come from all over the world to this little bitty island in the Indian Ocean to study and practice witchcraft. This is an extremely, extremely dark place, and this is the island that my friend Z is from. Z came to our center a few years ago to study English. She wanted to expand her, her knowledge base, hopefully to get a better job and better opportunities. And pretty soon she became great friends with our missionary colleagues there. She began asking questions about their faith, noticing that something was different about them. So every day after class, she would stay and ask them questions about their faith. And, of course, they were happy to share all about Jesus with her. After some time, she asked for a Bible in her language so she could study. And so she would read the Bible and come after class and ask questions about things she had read. And before long, Z was ready to make a decision to follow Jesus. I showed up one day to the school and met Z for the first time. And with tears streaming down her face, she said, please tell me how to follow Jesus. We were able to lead her in a prayer of faith, and she began this incredible journey to Jesus. I praise God for the opportunities that he gives us, for the spirit that draws them. It's not us. We're just the vessels that the Lord uses. It is the drawing of the Holy Spirit that leads people to truth. 
praise the Lord. Dee came in the day after she gave her life to the Lord, and she began sharing with me and another missionary friend of mine that she had been so tormented by demonic spirits for years to the point that she couldn't eat and she couldn't sleep. She was just riddled with fear. She said that the night that she gave her life to the Lord, she went home and expected the same thing to happen that always happens, and she went and laid down to try to sleep. She said she closed her eyes and started to drift off, and pretty soon that spirit did visit her. She said, but this time he couldn't come anywhere close to me, and I felt complete peace because I knew that Jesus was with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Powers of darkness are being broken off of people. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord for his spirit that breaks bondages off of us, that we don't have to live in the places we've been, but by his resurrection power, we can walk in his glorious light. Hallelujah. Free from the bondages of the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. And I praise God that Z was not shy about her faith. She actually went back to her home village to live with her parents again after her class had finished. And instead of hiding her faith like most people do, she was very open in proclamation and shared with her family that she had met teachers that loved them enough to pray for them and to share truth with her. And instead of kicking her out or beating her or worse, they were overjoyed to hear that people loved them enough. These are things that we don't hear on the news. God is doing something in the hearts of people. He's opening up doors of opportunity for us as believers to share the love of Christ with people. So now every day in their living room, they sit together and Z opens up the word of God and her father has asked her to read the Bible to them and they're discovering truth. Since then, we've been able to plan a team of missionaries on that island to live and work. This family has been a key part of what's happening with this team. They helped us find a building. They helped us find a school, helped our missionaries find housing. They sit in our missionaries' homes every day, and they ask questions about faith. And I believe soon that this whole entire family is going to come to faith. And this island that's been known as a place where the demonic activities of the enemy are active and alive will be known as a place where the spirit of the living God resides. Hallelujah. That revival will break out on this island. That the church will be planted amongst unreached people groups. I believe with all of my heart that this dad and this mom are going to come to faith. And not only that, but they are going to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that they are going to be active witnesses and proclaimers of truth for the kingdom of God. I believe that a church can be planted in their home. I believe that their father could be a pastor in this community. I believe revival will break out. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to read a passage to you before we pray together. And I want you to think about our Muslim brothers and sisters, or maybe even some people that you feel have been covered by darkness, that their minds have been um, blinded or their eyes have been blinded by truth. Psalms 24, verse 7. It says, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Hallelujah. I praise the Lord that the ancient doors of Islam were lifted up in Z's mind and in her heart, and the king of glory came in. Hallelujah. So this morning, we're going to pray the same for this father and this mother and these, this family, this community, this island that's yet to see him and to know him. God can do something right now. They're about to go to bed here in a few hours, and I believe that Jesus can reveal himself in a dream and in a vision. 
and the words that they've read in the Bible, each and every day will begin to resonate in their hearts and they can see truth. Today, this very moment, as we as believers of, in the body of Christ pray and intercede together, things can change. Hallelujah. Let's join together. Lord, I thank you so much for Z. God, I thank you for your spirit that has drawn her by your loving kindness. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that has empowered her to be a bold proclaimer of truth to her family. God, I thank you for the opportunities that you have given her to speak truth into the lives of the people that she loves. Lord, I thank you for your word that brings us to truth and to repentance, God, that, that provides life to our souls, God. Lord, I ask that as this family opens up the word of God, that you would illuminate truth to their hearts, Lord, that they would see you clearly for who you are, that you are the risen Savior, God, that you came and you died for them, that you love them, that you came to set them free from the bondages that they've been in for generations, God. Lord, I declare revival to break forth in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for a Holy Spirit movement to just shatter that place, God. Lord, I declare that today is the day of salvation for this family and for these islands. Lord, I pray that your spirit would move and do what only you can do, God. Lord, I ask that you would give the missionaries wisdom and insight, Father. God, I pray that you would fill their mouths with the words to speak in this very moment in Jesus' name. And God, I pray that tonight as they lay their heads to rest, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself clearly in a dream or in a vision, God. I ask, Lord, that you would do the miraculous. Lord, I thank you that those islands are not ours, but they are yours. I thank you, God, that every tongue will confess that you are Savior. Every knee will bow, Father. We give that to you in Jesus' name. Lord, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying together with us. We like to share stories in real time and uh, get the church, the body, to intercede with us uh, for the lost because it, it, it makes a difference. Amen. It, it works. Those battles are, are won in heavenly realms, right, as we uh, bind together and pray in the spirit of unity and intercede for the lost. And so we just always like to include that. Uh, we've been in Zanzibar for eight or nine years, and we have a new assignment to go to Malawi. We haven't been there yet, and so all of our stories are from Zanzibar, Tanzania, and all of our vision is uh, being casted for Malawi, but it's all people, amen, and it's all uh, Africa and for the lost, and so our new role, we will uh, be training and mentoring new missionaries that come to the continent because we've seen a lot of people come to Africa and not stay very long for this reason or that reason. And we really want to see missionaries come and be equipped to stay and, and to endure hard things and to endure the, the calling that God placed on their lives because just because God called us to something or he saved us or set us free doesn't mean that it's always easy. There's still uh, spiritual battles to be, to be won. There's still... Uh, barriers that we have to break through and so we're so excited with this new opportunity it's called base camp and uh, we will be uh, helping new missionaries as they come to the field and also partnering with the malawi assemblies of god which is a very strong national church uh, but there are still pockets of unreached people there's still tribes on that 
in that country and on that continent, there's people that still just recently got a Bible in their native language, the Yao people, and uh, they're largely unreached, about a million people that are Muslim there in southern Malawi, and so we would love to see God do an incredible work in their midst, amen. And so those are just some of the things that we have going on, and and who knows what else will uh, become available when you uh, say, God, I'm stepping through this door, and I'm expecting these things, who knows what else might happen. We just want to see what God will do. And so we're so excited. Thank you, Pastor, for letting us come. We just, I know this was a last-minute thing, and I don't even have my church shoes on because I, wa- I wasn't, we didn't, no preaching was on the schedule. And so, but man, I'm just glad to be here. I feel like I fit in already. And so we're going to have a good time. I want to uh, share some things with you this morning. When we landed in Africa in 2013, we uh, quickly got overwhelmed, and it was a, an adventure. It was an experience. We have stories, and we learn things, but we quickly got busy, and a lot of us today are just busy people, and uh, so in a matter of a few weeks, we were hosting people from the U.S. We were leading various things. We had the English Center that we were trying to launch. We had a lot going on, and so with people coming in and out of our house, we said, well, let's hire some help to clean up around the house. That would just be an incredible blessing. So we found a Swahili mama that uh, needed a job, and she was so excited to come and work for us, and she had very little English, but Jamie showed her what to do around the house, and... um, She showed her a toilet brush, and that Swahili mama had never used a toilet brush before. I don't know if she'd ever seen one before. And so we trained her what to do and all of those things, and a few days went by, and she was so excited to use that toilet brush. And I decided I would better check in on her progress one day, and I got there a little bit too late because she was using that toilet brush, and she had cleaned the inside of the toilet spick and span. It was clean as could be. She did a wonderful job, Um, but to my horror, she had, after that, after she cleaned the inside, she cleaned the outside of the toilet brush, of the toilet with the toilet brush, excuse me, and she proceeded to clean the floor around the toilet and around the sink, and she cleaned the sink with the toilet brush, And I think she cleaned the mirror with the toilet brush and the walls (laughs) with the toilet brush. That was a setback for me as a germaphobe. Before coronavirus, I was already a germaphobe. I was way ahead of y'all. It was a setback for us. You know, we have setbacks, and I want to talk to you about the setbacks that we have in this life because this last missionary term was one of the hardest things we ever did. There was setbacks, and sometimes we can look back at our setbacks and we can laugh. We've worked through it, but in the middle of our setback, it's not very funny. In the middle of our struggle, it's not enjoyable. It's hard to have the joy of the Lord when we are in the middle of a setback. And especially when the enemy is coming at you 
from every angle, from this side and that side, from this person, from that person, from your team member, from your leader. And some days you might even feel like from your spouse, the enemy is working overtime to uh, discourage you, to disarm you, saints of God, and to uh, make you feel powerless in the middle of your setbacks because you just can't take another thing, another uh, amount of bad news because it's been setback after setback after setback. I've been there. I've been in that situation. And I want to just share some things that we uh, walk through, you know, because um, these things shape us as people. They shape us as as believers, as men and women of God. And so, you know, we got there in Zanzibar. They said, after a short time, we want you to lead this school. And I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. And they said, that's okay. You'll figure it out. And so we were launched into this English Center for Adults, and the Lord used it in tremendous ways. Uh, there was a lot of setbacks. There was visa issues, permit issues, licensing issues. I mean, uh, you can imagine how many people in government, Muslim people, just simply did not want us to be there because we were there as business people, but we were not hiding our faith in Jesus Christ. We're not hiding our faith. We're saying, we're, yes, we follow Jesus, but we're here as business people. And there was just setback after setback. There was health issues, health concerns, and you can imagine there's not a, a great uh, health care system where we were. And there was always this mental stress, always this thing in the back of my mind, what's going to happen next? What's going to be the next issue? What's going to be the next fire I have to put out? Who's going to come against me now? There was a, a period of a couple years on our missionary team that nobody was unified. Nobody was together. Nobody was following our leadership very well. And you say, well, like, well, y'all don't sound like missionaries. Well, yeah, we are missionaries, but we are human beings. And we have baggage. And we have uh, uh, setbacks that maybe we hadn't uh, dealt with for a while, and some of y'all in this place still haven't got over that setback, that one thing or that couple of things that happened years and years ago. And our response to setbacks is so important that we respond in a biblical way. We got uh, the school launched, and as Jamie shared, in five years, uh, 8,000 students came through that center, which was an incredible amount of influence that we had. And there's three times that we almost had to shut down that, that project because of a government issue or uh, a licensing issue or a funding issue. And the landlord came to me and said, I'm going to sell the building, but I'll give you the option to purchase because we had leased it. And the price that he gave me was twice, about twice what it was actually worth because he hadn't done his research and basically, he was just saying in a roundabout way, it's time for y'all to go. And so we began to look for uh, our new home for our school. And uh, you'll see a picture of one of the building that we found that God provided for us after a series of setbacks, after a series of issues. Uh, this building here that you see was sat, it sat vacant for over a year. The gentleman, Muslim guy that owned it, he said, uh, I already have cash buyers, Arabs, 
rich Arabs with money in their hands ready to purchase, but I haven't sold it to them because I want this building to be a school. I want it to help the community, and here we come. See, God is already working on a solution for you before you realize you had uh, a problem, before you encountered your setback. God was already working on your comeback. Hello. Before you encountered your problem, your barrier, your health issue, your marital issue, your, your sons and daughters are not serving the Lord before that even happened. Before you encountered your setback, God was already working on your comeback. And the issue today is some of us have forgotten that. And we stopped believing that God is still working on our behalf, that God is still on the throne, that God is still good, that he still has good things in store for us. Because in the middle of the setback, we got our eyes off of God and we got our eyes on our problems. Y'all are going to get riled up in a minute. When I start preaching. And so we were able to uh, lease this building, uh, lease to, to own, rent to own rather, because I had zero dollars for this project. And uh, so we said, can we move in? I'll, I'll, I'll pay you four installments over the course of a year. And I believe that the money's going to come in. And so we began to uh, raise these funds and reach out to our friends and family. And, uh, you know, anytime you have those sort of projects, it takes some time. There's a, there's a little bit of a turnaround. There's kind of a slow response. And uh, it, it came time for our, our first payment, and the gentleman came, and I still had zero dollars in the account. And I felt like I had cheated this guy, lied to him, and and uh, deceived him, and I said, well, can we have more time? I'm really sorry. I believe that this money is coming in. We had to raise $170,000 total, and we had zero after three months. And I said to the gentleman, can you give us time? He legally could put us on the street, shut down our school, and uh, it would have been a, a stressful situation for everybody. And uh, I'm, I'm pleading with this gentleman, this Muslim guy, and I'm asking him basically to have faith. Have faith that the money's coming, the funds are there, that God will provide, inshallah. They say, inshallah, God willing. And the whole time I'm asking this gentleman, I'm praying to myself under my breath, praying to God, God, I don't, I don't know how this is going to happen. I need to have faith. Give me the faith to believe that you are doing something uh, that you're working on our behalf because I just don't see a way forward. I don't see it. And by the grace of God, we were extended uh, more time. And uh, God really began to show off. And that money started coming into our account. And from people I had never met, I still haven't met them. And people were hearing the stories about the Bible studies. And they're hearing stories about... Uh, the school and how there are students that had said, if I didn't have this school, this community, I would be out on the streets. I would be running with gangs. I would be out uh, doing drugs. I would be doing this or that. They're hearing the stories of uh, what's happening there on that tiny island. 
and money starts coming into our account and crazy amounts of money start flowing into our account. It wasn't because of me. It was just because God started moving on our behalf. He had already planned all of this, and we just had to step into what he had for us, church. And it wasn't because I had a rich uncle write me a check. I'm not that guy. I'm not uh, I can't, I'm not that type of person. I don't raise funds. I'm not good at it. It's really, it's really a terrible thing with the job that I have. <laughs> but I have to be 100% reliant on God to provide for our needs, not on my charisma, not on my connections, not on my friends, not on my rich family because I don't have any rich family. And God began to move, and I sat down at the six-month mark with the gentleman, and I said, I could see it on him expecting to be disappointed pastor again i could see him just ready to just tear me a new one because his money had been postponed we had done him wrong and i said sir today we can finish payments we can catch up and pay the rest hundred and seventy thousand dollars because we have it and that's the power of the god that i serve because you might see a setback come on somebody God's already planned your comeback. We have to step into what he has for us. You're saying, well, Chad, you don't understand. You don't understand what I've been through, what, I, what happened. You don't understand what they said about me. You don't understand what they did. I completely do. Maybe not exactly your situation, not your exact scenario, but that's how we do. We're say, we say, well, you didn't walk in my shoes, so therefore you, don't, you, you haven't been down my road. But you know what? Jesus has been, he went down your road. He, he experienced every kind of emotion, every kind of setback you could imagine. Jesus walked that road uh, before, we, before we did. And our setbacks can be, become an idol in a way that we say, well, Lord, you didn't do this or that. We had this disappointment or that hurt. And, uh, man, my kids still aren't serving the Lord, and I've been crying out to you. Where are you, God? Why won't you move in this setback instead of trusting that he is? And that, that comes between us and him. We have seen a lot of setbacks. You'll see a picture of Fred on the screen, a uh, Turkish gentleman. We had a Swahili people come to our school, but also a lot of different cultures that we interacted with. We had Chinese students, uh, some, uh, I believe, Korean people were there, and uh, Turkish, and uh, a lot of Italians. There's a lot of different people that we got to meet, but Fred is a Muslim from Turkey, and if you want to talk about somebody with setbacks in their life, talk about Fred because he's been pushed out of his home country because of his DNA. Basically, his people group has been persecuted. They've been uh, killed. They've been plundered. They've been scattered because of who they are, just because of who they are. And you don't see this covered on the news. And uh, he, that smile, by the way, that he has on his face never leaves and can you imagine when he actually gets a hold of Jesus, what God will do through him? 
because that's his natural uh, demeanor in Fred. The day I met him, he uh, asked me about who, who I believe God is, what my, uh, what my faith entails, and what his English was so bad, and I have zero Arabic, and we couldn't communicate about things of God, and so uh, Fred, you know, it was a struggle for us, and he kept coming to class, and he kept coming to class, and he kept coming to class, and he repeated some classes. He wasn't a great, uh, quick learner, but he was diligent, and he, he was persistent, and he, after three years of coming to our school, he got pretty good at English, and we, we got to where we could talk about the things of God, and he said to me, I want to study all of the major religions for myself because I'm, I'm tired of just being told what to believe. And I believe that when I study the major religions, the true God will reveal himself to me. And I'm like, hello, let's go. So that's what we did. We had some time together. We talked about Jesus, uh, what he means to me, talked about the fact that I believe that he's more than just a good man, more than just a prophet, that he really is the son of God, that he did come and die for me. And Fred is just a sponge. He's just taking in all of these things. See, there's people that are very devout Muslims, and there's also some that are disenchanted with Islam because of how they've been treated by their fellow Muslims. And so all of these things happen to create an opportunity, your setback could be a problem, your setback can be a barrier, your setback can be uh, an issue, or you can look at it as this is a, an opportunity for a God to move, for God to show off. This is an opportunity for a God to show out and be glorified once again and to make himself known. This setback is not just a setback, it's more than that, and I choose to step into that. And so we talked about matters of faith. We had a great time at his house uh, on that picture there. And just a wonderful, wonderful guy. He said, if I can get the, the Bible in my language and English, then I can know what you're really telling me. I can compare it. So Arabic and English Bible, we had that brought in from the USA. A team member brought it over. And uh, we knew that Fred was leaving to find other business opportunities soon. We lost uh, contact for a few weeks. And uh, we, we got the Bible. We were so excited. We we're going to bring it to his house. We called him first, and his friend answered, and he said, you just missed him. He's moved off to Germany looking for other opportunities. And so, man, have you ever felt like you missed God? You missed the opportunity? You missed the boat? But he said his wife is still here. She's leaving. I think like the next day or that it was like that afternoon or something, we had like a window of time. You can still catch her if you, if you come quickly. We got straight in the vehicle, straight to her house with that Bible. And we got the Bible in her hands, and she was overjoyed to receive that. She had, you could see that she appreciated. She had the kindness in her eyes. She had that gratitude. It's not every Muslim is out to kill you, folks. That's just on the news. They are human beings that Christ died for. Lord Jesus, help us to see humans the way you see them. And so she took that Bible, went to 
uh, catch up with him, and we lost touch for a long time, and about several months ago, we got a text message, and he said, I'm so excited. I understand so many things. I've read the New Testament twice, but I have so many questions about Jesus and what he's done, who he is. And Fred, man, so many setbacks, just trying to survive, just trying to find opportunities, trying to learn, but diligent and pressing into God, even though he hasn't even met him yet. He's, he's discovering. He's on this, this road to truth, and, and I believe that today could even be his day of salvation. He said, I need, I need someone to show me the way. I need, I need someone to help me. He's basically begging for discipleship to be walked through the Bible. He's in Germany, so we said, who do we have in Germany? We reached out to our missionary networks, and uh, we did some research for him, and there's already been a Pentecostal church, a Turkish church, planted in his city because that's the God I serve. He had to step into it. You might see a setback church. Can we believe, can we trust that God is who he says he is, that God is really God? We had a number of things There was a, one night I encountered a group of thieves that were not your normal group of thieves. They were, uh, they had moved in from the mainland. They were more confrontational. They were more dangerous. They were terrorizing the neighborhood. And one night when I picked up my, one of our leaders to go to the airport at 2.30 in the morning, they decided to pay us a visit. And uh, the Lord preserved me that night. I honked at the gate. The guard didn't answer it. Usually they open the gate for you. Sometimes they fall asleep. It was late. And uh, I get a text message and they said, there's seven thieves at my back door. And here I am, one person at the gate. So I start making all kinds of noise, honking the horn, doing all kinds of things. And in the matter of a few minutes, they had circled uh, to the uh, adjoining property, circled around, come up behind me to confront me. And at that time, a couple of guards, neighbor's guards, had come to my aid, but it was still three against seven. And I couldn't see a whole lot. There was headlights in my, in my face, and, and uh, there was a confrontation. But for some reason, they decided to start running away, and we chased them. I believe that they saw more than just three. I believe that they felt confused. I believe, I don't know what God did, but he did something. I was overcoming that uh, nightmare and PTSD. And the next morning, I was in a freak accident, and I got a concussion. I was knocked unconscious for 10 minutes. I don't remember some things. I had some conversations that I forgot for the next six months, and Jamie was so patient with me. I had a rough weekend. we were overcoming one thing, we stepped right into another thing, and we say, God, what more will you allow? What more can I take? There's a Swahili word that I like. It's one of my favorite Swahili words, shagalabagala. That's a real word, by the way. Shagalabagala. 
And it means that something is just messy, it's disorderly, it's difficult, it's tiresome, it's just a hassle. And this was my life for a couple of years. Nothing felt right. And I was trying to do right. I was trying to, to keep the faith. I was trying to step into uh, God's promises and his provision. But the enemy kept coming at me. And every time that I, I stepped out in faith, there was this shuggle-a-buggle and this shuggle-a-buggle over here and this person that brought more shuggle-a-buggle and this leader that brought more shuggle-a-buggle for some reason. We just walked in it for a season and quickly, I became unhealthy because of the shuggle-a-buggle. And uh, it started affecting my thought life. I, I didn't have the discipline that I needed. God taught me. I'm going to preach in a minute, and I'll show you three things that I learned. But um, I became really unhealthy and this last term, and my body would begin shutting down, begin to pass out just because I'm a problem solver. And I couldn't solve any of these problems, and I couldn't turn it off in my mind. I wasn't sleeping good, and I'd be walking through town, and I'd lose feeling in my limbs, my arms, and my legs, and I'd begin to pass out. And you guys are saying, man, you're a missionary. You shouldn't confess those things. But I believe that we ought to be honest in the house of God what we walk through because God brought me through it. He didn't remove me from it. In the New Testament, there's a pattern of suffering before glory. If you study this, there's a, a pattern that God allows suffering on his children. There's always a purpose to the pain. There's a purpose to your pain. Uh, somebody needs to hear that this morning. Your, your pain is not meaningless. And after a season of suffering, God's glory is revealed in greater ways in your life. And I'm thankful for the things that I walk through because I learned a lot of stuff. I learned how to walk through setbacks, how to walk through difficulty, how to walk through issues, how to walk through uh, dysfunction. You're, you're looking at things. Your family might be dysfunctional right now. Your marriage might have uh, issues. You might have health issues. There's a purpose to your pain. It's not meaningless. God is still on the throne. God, help me to learn three things I want to share with you, and I hope that uh, as we get into Scripture you think about these things, three, thing, three things that I declare on a consistent basis, that I declare over my life. And uh, it's our approach to setbacks. I hope you don't have to go to Africa to learn these things or be called to some place, some distant land, or do some challenging thing. But I want to uh, get into scripture. Number one, we should remember in setbacks, everything is his. Everything belongs to him, we sang about it this morning. Look at Psalms chapter 24. Psalms 24, verse 1 and 2. 
The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. He has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Hallelujah. I had to remind myself when um, our team was dysfunctional, that's not my team. That's his team. Those are his people. That's not my school. When the school was nearly shut down three times, I had to picture myself taking that burden off of my shoulders and laying it at his feet. It's his. It's not mine to carry. Psalms 89, 11. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it. You have founded them. These are scriptures that remind us it belongs to him. This church is his. This community belongs to him. Your neighbors, your unruly children uh, belong to him. Your, your mom and dads, your grandpas, your grandmas, they belong to him. Everything is his. He created it. He founded it. And we are reminded of this principle, but we don't live as if it were true. We like to take ownership of things. We like control. Uh, we like to uh, try to manage the outcomes. We like to try to influence uh, what will happen in uh, situations. And the Lord is saying today, stop trying to control and just let me be God. We, it's a reminder of who we are not and who he is, church. We may know this principle, but we don't live as if everything belongs to him. And we're talking about stewardship and not ownership. That if a pastor gives you a ministry to do, that we, we use these terms loosely, but that also he wants to trust that you will be a good steward of this ministry and not sink your claws so deep into the, that thing that you have to control every little thing. That we can operate church as stewards of what he's given us in our finances, in our talents and abilities, in our resources. That God has called us to be stewards and not owners. This will set you free from anxiety, from fear, from doubt. This principle, if you pray this over your life, if you remind yourself daily... Uh, it will set you free from worry. If I'm stressed out, if I'm full of anxiety, I slow down and remind myself of this principle. Look at the vastness. If I'm out on the lake or if I climb a mountain, I look at the expanse and just remind myself. It's a mental and spiritual thing to look at all that you can see and say that belongs to him. It's his and I don't have to uh, worry about it. I don't have to fret over it because it belongs to him. And the issue is that's all well and fine until we have a setback, until the plan doesn't go the way we wanted it to, until our expectations are not met. We have this principle, and it holds true, until we encounter things we don't understand. But the reminder is, it's still his. He's still on the throne. He's still in control. He's still sovereign over our lives, over all things. It still belongs to him. I have a great theological quote for you this morning, Mike Tyson. He says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's true. I felt punched in the stomach, in the mouth, in the shoulder. 
in the knee and the foot. When our plan doesn't go the way we thought, when God doesn't do what we thought. Am I the only one that gets frustrated God doesn't take my advice? Hello. Come on, church. That hits home for some of y'all. We'll be happy. We'll follow. We'll smile. We'll worship. We'll give. We'll teach Sunday school. But when things don't go our way, man, we are quick to get bitter. We are quick to turn our backs on God, turn our backs on faith. We are quick to doubt. We are quick to fret and forget who God is. If God doesn't answer another prayer of mine, if he doesn't respond to another uh, thing that I ask, he's already done more than I deserve. He's already done more than I deserve. And if I use my prayers not being answered or a season of not hearing him as an excuse to, 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 to be bitter and an excuse to be angry, man, Lord, help me. That brings me to number two, and we sang about it today. He is more than enough. We're seeking him. We're not coming with a laundry list of requests, demands, advice. Lord, I really thought you should have answered that prayer within a week. I prefer that you answer my my request by Thursday at 3.15 because I have some things I got to do. I mean, I'm being sarcastic, but we can be that way. God is our source. We sang about it today, Psalm 16. Look at this text, Psalm 16, verse 5 through 11. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night. Also, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. I like that. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. I don't know, but I don't think we live this way all the time. I want to. Therefore, my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My flesh dwells secure. This is what sets us apart from the world, church. For you will not abandon my soul. Let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Because he is our source, because he is more than enough for us, uh, we don't necessarily have to have it our way we just need him. We just need to abide in his presence. We need to seek him again. We need to get on our face again. We need to humble ourselves if necessary and come to his throne, come to his uh, secret place again and let him be our portion. Allow God to be God again over your situation, over your life, over your thoughts, over your cares. He's more than enough. I believe God in our suffering, some of us are suffering today. We've setbacks. And it we've lost sight of. We can't even picture what God could do. 
We've lost sight of him. And I think today he would say to you, church, come back. In all of our suffering and, and wandering, God is asking you, am I enough for you? Am I enough? Jesus, I pray that you speak to us today. You see, church, when we go through a season of pain, what we truly believe is revealed. We can, we can run the aisles. We can shout. We can teach scripture. We can memorize and spout it off. But when we go through pain, what we believe comes out. It's revealed in our attitude, in our mindset. That brings me to number three. My response to setbacks is to remember he will be glorified no matter what. God be glorified. I bring this up because in the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain and setbacks, I want to do what I was created to do, and that's glorify God. Because, again, what separates us from the world? How will they know we have something they don't? How will they see anything? How will they see hope? How will they find truth? If we respond to setbacks the same way the world does, church, I want to glorify God. In, in the midst of situations I don't understand, in the, midst, uh, in the midst of setbacks, pain, in the midst of our struggle, John 14, 13 says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And that's the caveat, that the Father would be glorified. And so if we're praying things that we just, we haven't heard from God in a while, we can say, would this prayer, if it was answered, would it glorify God? Because God loves to answer those prayers. It's not because he's an egomaniac. It's because he's God, and he will get the glory no matter what because of who he is. The scripture says, if we don't glorify him, the rocks will cry out. Because of who he is, church. And these are things that I've walked through, things that I've learned uh, to teach and train my mind, to train myself, to remind myself he's more than enough for me. And I'm going to choose to glorify him in this moment and tomorrow and the next day and the, in the moments that come my way. I want to glorify his name. All of these things come into play. Our response should be, everything is his. He's more than enough, and he will be glorified. I talked to, a, as I close, one more story. I talked to a, a missionary a few weeks ago. They're not on the field anymore. And I could tell that they were different because how interested they were in our stories. They they approached us right after service. They were engaging. Something sparked in them. And they said to me, the gentleman said, yeah, I've been dealing with some stuff. Well, I said, how long have you been dealing with that? 15 years. They've been off the field for 15 years because of setbacks. And the Lord spoke to me, and I said, well, I'm guessing it was because of other missionaries, people. And he said, yeah. He teared up. He began to cry. 
And I shared a story, and I'll share that with you today. And that this story was just been for me, but I feel like it's for somebody today. Last, I told him about this experience. Christmas 2019, we had been home a few months, and I was burnt out. Totally just overwhelmed, mentally not healthy, just totally, we slept, I think, the first month I slept, when we got back in June, I slept all the time. I was just burnt out as a, as a minister, as a man of God, and we got to Christmas, we decorated, we had a, uh, one of those trees, I surprised Jamie with a pre-lit tree. I don't even know if I told her this story. And that tree was awesome. I was praying one day, and there was a bulb that had burned out. I'll never forget it. And I said, well, we don't have, you know, there's no way to fix it, whatever. And I was just praying to God, things I don't understand. Hurts that we've walked through. And he, he brought my attention to that bulb that was burnt out. Then something began to happen. And it started flickering. And it started getting power back to it. I wasn't doing anything to it. And it started lighting up. Lighting up the, the room just like the rest. And actually it started burning brighter than the other ones. It was the brightest bulb in the tree. And God said, that's you. You feel like you're done. You feel like you're burnt out because of your situations, your scenario, your setbacks. But I'm doing a work in you. I'm healing you. I'm restoring you. You're going to burn brighter than you did before because I'm, I'm doing the work in your life. And I'm thankful for the setbacks. I wouldn't always say that before. I wouldn't want to do it again. And that resonated so deeply and personally within me, church. I've never shared that with anyone except that missionary that has been off the field for 15 years. And as I shared that, we only had a few moments together, and he just cried. He's still going through counseling, things that he's been through, things that he's held on to. Some of y'all are in church just because someone drug you here today. Men, just because your wife nags you enough to get you in church. Women, just because you felt guilty because you missed last Sunday. But I don't want to come to church for those reasons. I want to dwell in his presence. And I want to allow him to do that restorative work. God's in the restoration business. He's done it in me time and time again. Let's bow our heads. I don't know what God wants to do, but I want to be sensitive in this moment. Some of y'all are just not the same ever since some things you went through. Maybe it was 
last week, last year, a couple years ago, or as my missionary friend 15 years ago. But God wants to help you today, release that. He wants to give you the grace, the ability to lay that before him, to lay that at his feet. He wants to help you uh, uh, stand on his promises again. He wants to help you uh, surrender that control and believe that God is enough for you even though we walk uh, through the valley of the shadow of death. What does the scripture say? I am with you. That God is still, God is still on the throne, that he's working and moving in your situation. Can we believe today that you might see setbacks, but God is planning a comeback for you, church, on an individual, personal level for your family? He's planning a comeback for your marriage. If you step into it for your marriage, God's planning a comeback. You have to step into what he's doing for you. He's not going to force it on you. He's not going to do it without your participation, but he is working and moving on your behalf. Can we believe and glorify him today? That's my heart. If this was a word for you, will you just raise your hand? If this ministered to you, this is something specifically. Yes, thank you. All around the room, hands are going up. All around, there's setbacks. But our God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. Can we just stand and worship for a minute? And if you want to pray, I'm going to be here at the front. My wife will be here at the front. Something specific in your heart, in your mind, has been overwhelming you. You want to get your eyes off of your setback. You want to kneel at this altar. You want to give it back to him and say, God, this is too much for me to carry. It's too much for me to hold on to. It's too much. You want to realign your perspective with the word of God again today. I invite you to respond as we just linger for a few minutes. Is that okay, Pastor? Come and pray. These altars are open. We're ready to believe with you. We're ready to fight with you. Would you come? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Move and work in this place. Father God, I pray today we would surrender control. I pray today we would surrender ownership of things and that we would operate in a spirit of stewardship over our lives. Father God, there's lost loved ones we need to lay before you today. Would you come, church? Would you respond? There's people that need to respond that still haven't. I believe that there's something that happens at the altar when you step out, when you take those steps uh, to come and meet God. God is in this place and uh, he's working. He wants to do something in your situation, in your life today. As we give him full reign and control again, would you come? Thank you, Jesus. There's a mightier ever flowing. There's a mightier ever flowing in this place. There's a mightier ever flowing. There's a mightier ever flowing in this place.
it's strong enough and it's strong enough to wash away all And it's strong enough, and it's strong enough to wash away the setbacks and the fears as a mighty river flows, mighty river flowing in this place. And the love of God is full. Love of God is flowing through this place, and it's full of passion, full of glory. It's full of passion, full of power, full of glory, and it's full of of God are open to embrace. The arms of God are open. The arms of God are open to embrace. There's a mighty river And it's full of passion, full of power, full of glory. Full of passion, full of power, full of glory, full of grace. Oh God, how we need you. God, how we need you.
that river flow this morning. You know, rivers have this natural ability to just wash away things that are even connected. You ever noticed out there on the Red River, they got all those rocks that get growing over? That was supposed to stop the river from eating away the bank. It didn't look like it worked so well. you step into the river of God that's flowing this morning, maybe there's some things that are in your life that you've been needing to pull up. You know, that raging water will pull down the biggest tree and just carry it away. There's not a whole lot you can do to stop it. So let it happen to you today. If there's things in your life you've been holding on to, just let God wrap his arms around you. Let his love and grace just come upon you. And let it wash away. There's a mighty river flowing. There's a mighty river flowing through this place. And the love of God is flowing. Love of God is slowing on your face. And the love of God is flowing. Love of God is flowing through this place. And the arms of God are open. Arms of God are open. To is full of passion, full of power, full of glory. Choose us. And you flow through And you're full of passion, 
God is flowing. Love of God is flowing through this earth. And it's full of grace, full of power, full of glory, full of passion. this morning want to continue to pray and you say Pastor Rich I I don't know this Jesus the way Chad does or you do I, I've never confessed him as my Lord and Savior or I've said some prayers but I've never really given him control maybe you're here today and you say you know what I want to pray that prayer say that prayer today and just like Chad talked about it would set me free I would no longer be tormented by things in my past, no longer be tormented by things in my present if that's you here today, I just want you to come up front we're going to pray for you come on, just quickly make your way up here today and I'm sure Chad would love to pray with you and lead you in a prayer of salvation introduce you to Jesus. If you're here, I want you to quickly make your way out. You'll give some praise to the Lord this morning. Come on. Y'all can be seated for a few minutes. Hey, Becca, can you grab the kiddos? We're going to get the children to move back in here. Hallelujah. Hey, you know, as, as, as uh, Chad and they were talking this morning, there was, a, there was a story I heard as a young believer. We went to Tommy Barnett's church. When he was still preaching there, you know, uh, and they only had the one dream center. And he started telling a story about how God told him to buy that hospital. And he had a drop of money. And he went on national TV and told everybody, I think it was on TBN or something, that he was doing it. He said, I don't know how I'm going to make any payments to this thing. But he started sharing the vision of all the floors and everything that was going to happen and and so he's sitting in his office one day, and he gets a knock on the door, and it was a gentleman that walked in. <laughs> and I'm going to get the 
part of the story wrong. It's, it's been a long time ago since I heard this. I guarantee you I'll get some of the numbers wrong too, but I'll, it's roundabout figures, but it's just the gist of this story. He was running up on the deadline or he was going to lose it all. Guy come knocking on his door one day at the church and he walked in. He says, Tommy, you know I don't like you and I don't like your ministry. He said, you know that? He says, I've told you that already. But God told me I had to come give this to you. And we argued about it for a while. But I had to come give this to you. And he slapped down a check for like a million something dollars. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, give me some of those disobedient people, you know. It, but, but that's what he thought of, you know. When you were talking about that, it, it, you know. Sometimes I think our man-made deadlines are just there to see if we'll really stretch our way through. You know, and uh, just waiting on our kids. They're going to get back for the communion. But, you know, there's one thing I learned after being here. Uh, you know, I, we had some country around us, but I didn't grow up around the cows and all that kind of stuff. And we have, you know, about three or four different people in here that do cows. And so I started thinking about that scripture. My daddy owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And once I realized, you know, they have the cows and how that process works, my prayer has been sometimes, Daddy, I'm I, I, got some lack in my life. Can you sell some cows? <laughs> Can you sell a few calves? Right? It, it, it makes sense to me now, you know, and, and so I, I'm able to view that scripture in a different light. Amen. Uh, well, listen, we love you guys. Thank you all for coming and sharing with us. And uh, I, I know I know why God wanted him to come share today. There, there was two main things that God spoke to me while they were speaking that I've done wrote down. And, uh, and so I, I do believe it was something that God wanted you to come share and release in this house because I know I don't know about you, but you know what? Looking at some of the way they were sharing with, with their struggles because, you know, yeah, y'all look at me. Oh, his pastor got it all together. But I look at these guys as, as the generals and the giants because they're out there doing it, you know. And, and these are the people that I look at. And, and like I told you the other day, I was, I was able to pray for a missionary that's been on the field for a long time that I've always looked up and respected to because they leave everything for this. They don't look at it that way. But that's how I see it. And when I hear that, you know what, they're still growing and learning to trust and all this and how God has brought them back, it always encourages me to say, you know what, my struggles may be tough, but I'm still here in America. <laughs> I'm not halfway around the world and don't know how to, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I can't go drive down to my mama's house, you know, <laughs> not when I'm in Malawi, <laughs> you know. And so it's, it's always such a good encouragement to, to see that, you know, to hear those things. Because I know it stretches all of us, amen. And so listen, after service, we're going to do communion. Get to know these guys. Uh, we, we are supporting them now. Uh, we, we had a board meeting the other day, and we are supporting them on their work out on the field because I, I do believe that they're, they're doing good work. And I think they have a track record of, of that over their, their history. I like to support missionaries that are out there doing something. Um, I'm not a big fan of missionaries that are sitting around behind administrative desks. They need funding, too. Don't get me wrong, but I just like the ones that are out here actually physically on the field. That's just me. Amen. So uh, we're going to get ready to do communion. You're going to bring that up here. But uh, after service, uh, they didn't ask for any of this, and we didn't discuss any of this, but I, I want to bless them. I know we're supporting them monthly, and uh, we're going to drop that right there. If you do a check, we'll make sure to run it through the church. If you go online, there is actually a drop-down for missionary, so don't come do it yet. Uh, we're going to do communion first, and you can do that afterward. But uh, there's a drop-down on there for missionary offering. 
And everything that comes in missionary offering, we know goes to them, right? And uh, so we're just going to take everything that's here, and we're going to give it to them, and we're going to bless them, amen, on their travels. Uh, but before we do that, can we take communion together? So listen, so if you're here with children today, here's the way I like to do it. I, I believe our children need to learn how we do things. If you think your child uh, is old enough to understand what we're doing in communion, then you let them take communion. And honestly, if just my opinion, but you're the parent, even if they may not know how to do it, you let them, you let them play with a fork before they understood what to do with that too. And uh, so I let that be in the parent's decision on if they let their child take communion with us or not. Amen. So I'm going to get our deacons to come, and we're going to bring it out to you. And uh, if you're not able to... Uh, come up or something like that we'll make sure we get it to you but you don't have to be a member of this church to receive the bread you can go ahead and serve them they're going to drop uh as far as i see in the bible you just have to be a part of the body of christ right uh so if you're not a member of our church i don't think it affects anything as long as you're a part of the body amen uh because it said the disciples the believers did this and his instructions according to the word of god is as often as you come together so that's us believers not a certain church. I know some faiths don't don't allow that, but I'm in charge. I can make that decision. And if I'm wrong, God will deal with me later on it. But I've been doing that for many years. So, Jesus, hallelujah. They're going to serve. You know, one one good thing, just kind of a joke on the side there. One good thing about these pre-made cups is it's harder for me to get it out of order. I, I did do the juice and the bread one day, and we all suffered because we couldn't swallow it. Then it was one day that the bread wasn't, I'm not going to go there. I put it in my mouth, and I'm like, I've got to keep a straight face, and I keep looking at all their faces like, ooh. But nobody wanted to say a word. Nobody wanted to say a word. Jesus. I'm just so glad that this is just a symbol. And, and you know what? It's, it's symbolic. It's, it's not, you know, yeah. So, all right. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. Thank you. I got yours. Anyone still missing? That want us, wants to receive. Anybody? Everybody out in the foyer got one? Everybody? Amen. Amen. Y'all also get to watch the fun part of me trying to do this with a microphone and open this. But I've gotten pretty good at it. I want to read this to you out of 1 Corinthians 11. It says, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus and the night in which he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whosoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood in the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is eat the bread and drink with the cup. For he who eats and drinks and eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. So we're going to pray first. So, Father, we thank you that we can examine ourselves through your spirit and through your word. And, Lord, we never want to partake of your, your body and blood unworthily. 
So, Lord, today, examine us, Holy Spirit. Reveal to us if there's things in our lives that we need to repent of. Reveal to us the things that may be hidden or known that we may repent of them, Father, because we never want to come to you unworthily. So, Lord, if there is any sin in my life, Father, I repent of it right now. I repent of it right now, and I ask of your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. So let's take the bread together. You know, as I, as I generally tell you all, that this, this bread, by his stripes, we were healed. This bread represents his body that was broken. And so you know what? As we partake of this bread today, we're saying once again, Lord, I partake of your healing. I partake of your body. I partake of the work that you did on the cross. And if there's sickness in your body, you proclaim the health. Because right here, you are receiving the bread that symbolizes Jesus Christ and all that he went through. So let's take the bread together. At the end of the meal, he took of the, the juice. In the Jewish culture, there was always shedding of blood for a covenant. And it was his blood being shed on a cross, sprinkled on the mercy seat, so no longer would there have to be another sacrifice. Guys, you don't have to work your way to it. It's already been done. All you have to do is accept it and walk in it. And today, as we partake of this juice, what we're saying is, is I'm remembering the Lord's death. And I am remembering all that he did in his blood, his precious blood, the son of God, his blood fell to the ground. And it's his blood that was shed just like a lamb or a bull or a goat. So that we may be forgiven and we may have a, a, a relationship with him. So as you drink this juice today, remember those things. Amen. So let's drink. Father, we thank you for this symbol. And as I always ask. Never let it become mundane or normal. Let it always be as powerful as it is and as it is supposed to be, that we will remember your death until you return. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Shout an amen with me. Amen. amen. So listen, as you leave here today, don't forget Wednesday we have another special guest. We have a tray setting right here. Everything in this tray is going to go to the elder family. And if you have tithes that you need to still drop off, the bucket is out there where it normally is. And if you're giving online, just remember to do missionary offering. Amen. So, listen, we love you. We'll see you again Wednesday. If you're coming tonight, we leave here at 4 o'clock. Be here. We'll all jump up on the bus and roll. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday.